Amen. Thank you for joining me again for Rev Kev and the root, where we get to the root and not just the shoot. Let's pray. Father, I ask that you would open our understanding. I ask that you would anoint me by the Spirit of God that I would be able to proclaim your word just as it is, Lord. You said if any man speaks, any man, any woman speaks as uh, let him let him speak or let her speak as it is the oracles of God. And so, Father, I pray that you would enlighten us through your word today, Lord, that there would be uh, bread from heaven, that we would be able to feast off of your word. And we know that man or woman does not live by natural bread alone, food, but we live by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. So, Lord, I ask that you would speak to us, Lord, that you would let your Holy Spirit enlighten us and illuminate us and give us revelation from on high because you said that the natural man or the natural woman cannot receive the things of God because they are spiritually discerned. And you said, Lord, no eye has seen and no ear has heard the things that you have prepared for those who love you, but they are revealed to us by your spirit. So, Father, I pray that you speak to us this day, Lord, as we journey as one of the children of Israel through the wilderness, Father. I ask that you would speak to us and help us to learn the parallels that are there for our lives. And Lord, that you'd help us to learn the lessons that are there for our lives. Lord, you said through your servant Paul that they are not all Israel who are born Jews, but but we are grafted into the vine. And so we are the spiritual Israel. So Lord, I thank you, Lord. And we know that that which is spirit is more real than that which is natural. And everything that is natural came out of the spirit. So, Father, we ask that you would speak to us today through your word. And, Father, I pray for those that are dealing with COVID-19, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that you would heal their bodies, that you would replenish every fluid, Lord, that you would replenish, Lord, every part of their body that has been damaged, Lord, because of COVID, Lord God. And I thank you, Father, that... You're the only answer to all of this, Lord, to COVID-19, to all of our financial problems, to all of our problems on the job or problems in the home or problems in the neighborhood or problems wherever in the world, Lord. And Father, we thank you right now, Lord, that you're not just one that we run to when we have a problem, but we have a relationship with you. And Lord, that gives us the right to come boldly before the throne of grace because we're covered by the blood of your son, Yeshua, Jesus. So I ask that you speak to us today in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. We have been uh, dealing with this uh, series of lessons. Uh, the podcast is Rev Kev and the Root, where we get to the root and not just the shoot. But the uh, series of, of lessons that we've been dealing with is uh, realms and the trichotomy of mankind, realms and the trichotomy of mankind. And we're still right now dealing with the sense of sight. Uh, we all know that we have five senses, but right now we're dealing with the sense of sight. And last time uh, I mentioned to you before I signed off on the on the last podcast that we will be dealing with uh, the battle that the children of Israel, the children of Yaakov or Jacob, had to deal with when they came uh, out of Egypt and had crossed the Red Sea. And uh, then God provided manna from, for them and quail for them to eat. Ma uh, manna in the morning and quail in the evening. 
and before they started this battle, God had uh, took them a roundabout way, but he didn't he didn't bring them through the land of the Philistines, which would have been a direct path. But he said, unless the children see war and decide to return to Egypt, I'm going to bring them uh, through the wilderness. And uh, but now out of the blue, seemingly uh, they are dealing with an enemy by the name of Amalek. They're dealing with an enemy by the name of Amalek. So we are dealing with an enemy, excuse me, by the name of Amalek. Uh, and his people are the Amalekites. Amen. And I don't care how long you've been in the Lord and how holy you try to live and, you know, how right you try to be. There are enemies and there are, there are conflicts that we will have to deal with. But as I said before in the last podcast, God knows when we're ready to fight and when we're not ready to fight. Amen. I want to read you a passage of scripture, uh, but let me read our foundational scripture. You all should know it by now out of uh, Hebrews uh, chapter five, Hebrews chapter number five. Amen. And we're going to uh, proceed after that. In Hebrews chapter 5, the writer of Hebrews, they're not really sure, most theologians and those who are astute in scripture are not sure who wrote the book of Hebrews. Uh, but in Hebrews chapter 5 verse 11, it says, of whom we have many things to say. And right above that, in the context of that, he's talking about Melchizedek, which is a type of Christ. Melchizedek, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing, for when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness for he is a babe but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil they have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil now i want to share with you a passage of scripture and you know some may say well why are you sharing that particular passage of scripture because it is applicable and is it's a, a little bit lengthy but it's found in genesis chapter 27 the book of better sheet or genesis chapter 27 beginning with verse 30 uh it's talking about yeah uh jacob or yaakov and esau or esau in the Hebrew. Amen. And it came to pass in verse 30 of Genesis chapter 27. And it came to pass as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob and Jacob was yet scarce uh, gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting and he also had made savory meat. And brought it unto his father and said unto his father, let my father arise and eat of 
his son's venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac, his father, said unto him, Who art thou? And he said, I am thy son, thy firstborn son Esau, because the birthright goes to the older, the oldest son, the firstborn. And Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said, Who? Where is he that hath taken venison and brought it me? And I have eaten of all before thou camest and have blessed him, yea, and he shall be blessed. And this uh, Isaac is talking about Jacob, uh, uh, whose name meant deceiver or supplanter or one who catches by the heel is what Jacob means. He's talking about Jacob who had come to him and pretended to be uh, Esau or Esau and got the blessing. And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry and said unto his father, bless me, even me also, my father. And he said, thy brother came with subtlety. He was sneaky and hath taken away thy blessing. And he said, is not he rightly named Jacob? This is what Esau is saying. Is he not rightly named Jacob? Because in Hebrew, in the in the in the Hebrew culture, in the Jewish culture, uh, uh, well, I'll say Hebrew because Judaism is a man-made thing. But uh, but in that culture, the name of a person has significance, and it's and the name denotes their character. So he says he's rightly. Is he not rightly uh, named Jacob? For he hath supplanted me or tricked me. These two times he took away my birthright and behold, now he hath taken away my blessing. And he said, hast thou not uh, reserved a blessing for me? He's asking Isaac. Esau is asking his father, Isaac, have you not reserved a blessing for me? And Isaac answered and said unto Esau, behold, I have made him thy Lord and all his brethren have I given to him for servants. And with corn and wine have I sustained him. And what shall I do now unto thee, my son? And Esau said unto his father, Hast thou but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And Isaac his father answered and said unto him, Behold, thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth, and of the dew of heaven from above, and by thy sword shalt thou live and shalt serve thy brother. And it shall come to pass when thou shalt have dominion that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. And Esau hated Jacob. Did you hear that? Esau hated Jacob. Because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him, and Esau said in his heart, The days of, of mourning for my father are at hand, then will I slay my brother. He said, I'm, He's going to kill him. And these words of Esau, her elder son, uh, were told to Rebekah. And she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said unto him, Behold, Thy brother Esau, as touching thee, doth comfort himself, purposing to kill thee. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice and arise, flee, run away, 
thou to Laban, my brother, to Haran. And so Rebekah is admonishing her son Jacob to leave home to run away and go to Laban, or as it has it in the uh, English, Laban. Uh, but in the Hebrew, the, the Nikud is not in the middle of the of the uh, alphabet, which is bet, uh, which would be a, a B. But when the Nikud is not there, it's a V. So it's Laban. Amen. Y'all look that up and find out what I'm talking about. Amen. Genesis. Uh, let me see. 27. I think we already covered it. Yes, we covered Genesis 27 and 36. Amen. Now, I want to read you another passage of scripture is found in Genesis or the book of Better Sheet, chapter 25, verse 29. This is Jacob. This is before the blessing was was taken. And this is Esau approaching Jacob, his brother, in Genesis chapter 25, verse 29. And Jacob sought pottage and Esau came from the field and was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. When you look in the Bible and you see the, uh, the Edomites or the word Edom, that's talking about Esau. Uh, and Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. By right it's yours, but sell it to me. And Esau said, behold, I am at the point to die. He's 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 uh, caught up in his flesh in what his flesh desires right now. And Esau said, behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, swear to me this day. And he swear unto him and sold his birthright unto Jacob and Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils and he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way thus the bible says Esau despised his birthright now the name Esau comes from the uh from the hebrew word asa which means to make and uh if you read a little bit about Esau's life you find out that he was skillful he was skillful in, in natural things, but he really didn't put the full value that he should have on spiritual things. And he lost out because he was in his senses, because he was in his flesh, you see. And when we're in our flesh and when we look for gratification and immediate gratification, then we also will lose out on the spiritual aspect of life. Okay, now, uh, let me share this uh, passage of scripture with you. It's found in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 16. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 16. Uh, let's begin with verse number 15. It says, looking diligently, lest any man or woman fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane person 
as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For ye know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he would have inherited the blessing. It was his as the firstborn. He was rejected for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Now, again, in verse 16, it says, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. And when it's talking about profane there in uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 16, when it's talking about profane, prof the word profane there in the King James, but in the Hebrew, in, in the Greek, rather, it is uh, it means a godless person. It means that that person is godless when it says a profane person like Esau or Esau. Now turn with me to Romans chapter 9, beginning with verse number 10. Romans chapter 9 is talking about uh, election. It's talking about election and how God chooses people and how God chooses to work in different people's lives. Um, in in uh, Romans chapter 9, beginning with verse 10. Romans chapter 9, beginning with verse 10. And it reads, uh, and not only this, Paul says, but when Rebecca also had conceived by one, even now as Rebecca is Jacob and Esau's mother, Isaac is their father. Uh, when Rebecca also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac, for the children, talking about Jacob and Esau, being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to election, might stand not of works, but of him that call it. In other words, we can't be good enough for God to choose us. We, we can't do enough right for God to choose us. God chooses us because he desires to choose us. Uh, in verse 12, it says, it was said unto her, the elder shall serve the younger. This is written there in the book of uh, Bereshit or in the book of Genesis that the elder shall serve the younger. It, it's going to be in reverse because under natural circumstances, it is the younger who the youngest who serves the oldest. But in this case, the elder shall serve the younger as it is written. Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Now, we cannot say that God hated Esau in the sense that of that we talk about hate today uh, uh, from one person to another, because the Bible says that God is love and that God so loved the world. Now, Jesus had not come yet, but God is forever and God is everlasting. So whatever we find in God today was always there from time immemorial. Do you understand what I'm saying? It was always there. God was always that way. God didn't just start loving people in the book of John or in the, at the time when Jesus was on earth. God had loved man from the very beginning because the Bible says that the Lamb of God was slain from the foundation of the world. So God always loved man, but he didn't love what was in Esau. Did you hear what I said? God loved Esau, but he did not love his character. Amen. Verse 14 of Romans chapter 9. What shall we say then 
Is there unrighteousness with God? Paul says, God forbid. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose, have I raised thee up that I might shew my power in thee and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy and whom he will harden it. Uh, thou wilt say then unto me, why doth he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Nay, but O man, who art thou that thou repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? What if God willing to show his wrath and to make his power known endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath? fitted to destruction. Now that's uh, uh, something for another time and another study. But let me let me ask a question. Is it possible that the decisions of our forefathers or foreparents affected uh, and continues to affect the direction, the steering and the compass of a given family or nation of people? Taking into account also the prophetic footprint, meaning the things that God has spoken on that particular uh, father or progenitor. In Genesis, uh, Amalek was mentioned, but we're, we're not going to uh, get ahead of ourselves. But is it possible? Is it possible? Really, I'd like to give you two things to consider. And that's the first thing. Is it possible? That the decisions of our forefathers or foreparents affected and continues to affect the direction, the steering and compass of a given given family or nation of people. Is it possible? One more time. Is it possible that the decisions of our forefathers or foreparents affected and continues to affect the direction, the steering and compass of a given family or nation of people? Also, let me let me give you another thing to, to think about, and I'm not going to try to convince you on what is right and what is wrong. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you, but just consider what I'm saying. Also, uh, I was reading earlier and I came across this and I thought it was pretty good. And in this particular article, this rabbi was talking about cause and effect. And he says to the untrained eye, it appears that the whole world operates on action and reaction, cause and effect. One event triggers another. A certain choice results in a specific action. It is possible to attribute all that happens in one's life to this series of events that appears to be part and parcel of nature. A person therefore may take precautionary actions, choices to prevent a negative turn of events in the course of nature if that's the case you know some people uh talk about you know luck and some people talk about well it was the universe that did this did that and did the other thing but i believe that god 
steers our lives. And I believe that God uh, orders our steps because in our, you know, I have foundational scriptures where it says that uh, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He also says that many plans are made in the heart of man, but the Lord's purpose shall prevail. Now, I believe that in in dealing with scripture that, you know, we look at different scenarios in the scripture. But what we need to do, and I believe this for myself, if you don't believe it, then I mean, that's your prerogative. But I believe that we need to search the scriptures and not only look at the events that happen in the scripture, but search the scripture to the point that we go back and find out what was the origin. In other words, with this quarrel or with this fighting that's going on between uh, uh, Amalek and the Israelites, when Amalek snuck the Israelites and came up behind them and and slew a lot of their weakest members of their uh, of their of their band that was that was traveling, the group of people that was traveling. You know, what what was it? Why did Amalek attack Israel? Why was Amalek Israel's enemy? Why? Why did they fight with Israel and try to exterminate them? Now, you know, uh, let let me let me find another passage of scripture that I want to share uh, with you. And it's talking about. Amalek. Now, for those of you who don't know, Amalek is Esau's grandson. Amalek was Esau's grandson. Now, we've we've read that Esau was a godless person, that Esau was a profane person. And we know that everyone that comes into this world is attached to their father that was attached to their grandfather that was attached to their great great grandfather and i mean biologically through the blood and many things that uh that those uh fathers carried is in the blood their 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 dna their their genetic structure is in the blood <coughs> excuse me you know you look at uh at uh adam when after he sinned uh, then he had a son named Cain who killed his brother. But then Cain had a son named Lamech who killed two men. You see what I'm saying? And so are these traits picked up by the, the, uh, the offspring through the blood, in other words, and the choices and decisions that our forefathers made, is it possible that it affected the steering of our lives. And also, uh, you know, I was watching a program one time and it was a crime program uh, where this man, where this young man had committed a murder. And they, 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 they began to do some uh, psychological evaluation on him. <coughs> Excuse me. And they began to look at who his father was. And they found out that a lot of the traits that was in this young man and the way he killed these people and the traits that was in him, even though he did not even know his father, lined up with his father. Now, that's something to, to really consider that, you know, his his traits 
that 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 they lined up with his biological father. And even though he didn't know him, his father, was, he was still uh, he still inherited the blood of his father, the DNA of his father. And so, you know, I remember one time when Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and he told them, he said, you are of <coughs> your father, the devil. And so just like that, we are to be children of our father, who is Elohim, who is God. Amen. I want to read you another uh, little something here out of Better Sheet or Genesis chapter 36. And it says, now these are the generations of Esau, who is Edom. Remember, I told you the Edomites came from Esau. It said that these <coughs> now these are the generations of Esau, who is Edom. Esau took his wives of the daughters of Canaan, Adah, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite, and uh, Aholibama, the daughter of Anna, the daughter of Zeboin, the Hittite, and Beshemath, Ishmael's daughter, uh, daughter, sister of ne Nebajat, and Adah bare to Esau Eliphaz, and Be uh, Beshemath bare Reuel, and Aholibama bare Jeush, and Jalam, and Korab. These are the sons of Esau, which were born unto him in the land of Canaan. And Esau took his wives, and his sons, and his daughters, and all the persons of his house, and his cattle, and all his beasts, and all his substance, which he had got in the land of Canaan, and went into the country from the face of Jacob, uh, his brother. But if you skip down in Genesis chapter 36 uh, to verse 15, it says, There were dukes, the sons of Esau, and the sons of Eliphaz, the firstborn uh, son of Esau, the duke of Timon, duke Omar, duke Zepho, duke Kenaz, duke Korah, duke Gatam, and, and duke, now listen at this, and duke Amalek. How about that? So Amalek were was the uh, grandson of Esau. Esau was the was the uh, progenitor of not only the Edomites, but of the Amalekites. Now go with me to Exodus, uh, chapter number number seventeen, and verse number five. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people, and take with thee of the elders of Israel and thy rod, wherewith thou smotest the river, take in thine hand, take in thine hand. See, he's telling them to, to bring with him the elders, but not only the elders, but he said, Take with you the rod, uh, wherefore you spoke, smote the rock with it. And thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah, because of the chiding of the children of Israel, and because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? This is what they had said at Massa and Meribah. Is the Lord amongst us or not? We read about that last week 
in the book of Psalm chapter 78 that the people tempted God and they said to Moses, is God amongst us or not? And so this is what this rabbi, the, the little uh, passage that I read you earlier out of this article, when he said, you know, the, the, do things just happen or or uh, is there a reason for those things? And what he was saying was that the, when the children of Israel said, is God amongst us or not and attested God, then God allowed this next series of events when Amalek came and attacked them to show them who was really amongst them, which God didn't have to prove anything to us. But many times we're not in the spirit and we're in the flesh. But however, let me read this before our time runs out. Now in uh, Exodus or Shemot, Chapter 17, verse 8. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. Now, Rephidim means to uh, recline or it means a bed. This was a place where they should have been taking it easy. But sometimes we make things hard on ourselves. you see. And so God allowed Amalek to attack Israel uh, to, to, to teach them some things. And Moses in verse nine of Exodus or Shemot chapter 17. And Moses said unto Joshua, choose us out men. Now, if you're going to fight now, first of all, in the in the in the life of, of a believer, there are times. Yes, when we when we're uh, on the hilltop, we're praising the Lord. Everything's going our way and all those kind of things. But don't think that there is not going to be conflict. Don't think that there's not going to be an enemy. Sometimes there is there are external enemies and internal enemies. Jesus said the enemies of a man will be those of his own household. And so uh, we're going to have to fight. We're going to have to not only be on the defensive, but we're going to have to learn how to take ground. And, and you see, God didn't just say go out and fight. He gave Moses instruction and Moses gave Joshua instruction. Go and find people, men that are able to fight. Don't just go pick a man because he's a man, because he's got muscles and this, that and other. And you and I know that God doesn't just pick people that way, because if he did, he would have chose one of Jesse's other sons. But he chose David because of his heart. In other words, he uh, God was telling Moses, go and find some spiritual men that 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 are not only. Uh, uh, trained in, 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 in obeying me, but find those that can fight, those that know how to, how to fight. Because when God sends us out, God is strategic. God wants to strategically place us in, 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 in uh, places where we will be the most effective and where we can win the battle. All right. Uh, Shemot or Exodus chapter 17, verse nine. And Moses said unto Joshua, choose out, carefully pick and uh, out men uh, to fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek and Moses, Aaron and her went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon, and Aaron and Hur 
stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Every leader needs somebody that he can trust that's going to support him in what God has called him or her to do. Not just men, but women also. Men preachers, women preachers, men bishops, women bishops, whatever. You know, because some people say women are not supposed to preach and all this kind of stuff. Oh, okay. But I'm not going to fool with that right now. Uh, verse uh, number 17, uh, chapter number 17, verse 13. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Now, let me say this. I say I wasn't going to fool with it, but I know the Bible says that a man should be a bishop or a bishop should be a man, right? So follow the word. But if God calls you as a woman to preach, just make sure that God called you to preach. That's all I'm going to say. Just make sure that it's God that called you to preach as much as a man needs to make sure that God called him to preach. Anybody that feels called to preach, man or woman, needs to know of a surety that God did call him, that somebody didn't just say, well, you look like a preacher, sound like a preacher or whatever, but that they are picked out by God. Moses was a man who was picked out by God. Josh, Joshua was a man who was picked out by God. And Joshua discomfited Amalek. He made it uncomfortable for Amalek. Uh, and his people with the edge of the sword. And it literally means that Joshua was cutting off some people's heads. Verse 14. And the Lord said unto Moses, write this for a memorial in a book. We need to start writing down when we go to war with the enemy and what God did in that battle and how God saw us through that battle. We need to remember that and rehearse it in our ears because as humans, we have a tendency to forget in the next battle, in the heat of the next battle, what God did. And the more we rehearse it, it gets down into our, into our conscious mind. Then it gets down into our subconscious mind. Then it gets down into our spirit. Then it becomes a part of us. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, write this for a memorial in a book, in a sefer, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, because he's going to be coming up next as the leader of Israel. For I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar. That's another thing that we need to do is build an altar to the Lord. To give him some praise because of the battles that he sees us through. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nissi. For he said, because the Lord hath sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. There was a song that said the battle is not yours, but it's the Lord. It's the Lord's. But also we need to know that when we fight the enemy, Paul said that we're going to have battles in the former covenant. He said we're going to have uh, uh, battles or you might call it the New Testament, former covenant, New Testament, same thing, synonymous. But he said we're going to have battles. You see, he didn't say that we're going to have uh, 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 lovely days every day. And that we're going to be able to just take it easy and relax and recline and all that kind of stuff. No, there's going to be some days when we're going to have to fight with the enemy. But if you notice some things that Moses didn't just go out to the battle, 
but he listened to the Lord because there were some things that he was supposed to take into the battle. Now, if he had not taken those things into the battle, then most likely they would not have won the battle. Did you see what I say? And, and, and some battles are not just an hour, two hours, three hours or whatever, but some battles are prolonged. The Bible said that this battle lasted from one day to the next, you see. So we're not the one who determines how long the battle is, but our job is to be ready for the battle. Not to say how long it's going to last or when it's going to end, but our, battle, our job is to be ready for the battle, to listen to the voice of God, to have our senses exercised to the point to where we can listen and hear what God is saying. But not only that, but so that we could see what God is doing. And so Moses was strategically positioned uh, on uh, Mount Horeb, I believe it was, and they set a rock under Moses and Moses lifted up his hands. Now, some uh, rabbis and, and, and uh, uh, you know, some uh, some of the, the scholars, uh, theological scholars, they believe that Moses was praying. But however, I believe and this is what the Holy Spirit gave me. This is not just out of my head. This is what the Holy Spirit gave me. Moses was strategically positioned. Number one. So the children of Israel could see that it wasn't just happenstance that they were going through this thing. It wasn't just happenstance that they're winning, but it is because of a connection between Moses and God, be between them and God. Because every time Moses held his hand up, they won or they began to, to prevail over Amalek. And every time his hand was let down, then Amalek began to prevail over Israel. And so he was strategically placed so that they could see. Remember, we're dealing with the sense of sight so that they could see. You know, God sometimes will allow us to see that, hey, it's because that's going on over there. Mama's praying over there. That's why the battle. That's why we're winning the battle. God will allow us to hear her praying, see her praying. You know, uh, God will allow us to see. Uh, uh, some things, some signs at different times that let us know that it, this is not just happenstance. This is not just going to just fall into place because it falls into place. This is not going to fall into place because of the universe. It's not going to fall into place because of luck, but it's going to fall into place because of me, because somebody was bold enough and obedient enough to listen to what I'm telling them to do. Let me tell you something. If we would listen to God, if we would do what he says, I don't care how hot the battle is. I don't care how angry Amalek gets. I don't care how how much he's pursuing us and how many people fall dead around us. But if we will listen to what God is saying and do what we see him telling us to do, I guarantee you that we will win the battle. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Yeah, they, they saw Amalek. They saw Amalek coming at them. They saw Amalek with all those weapons, <coughs> whether it was spears or swords or a bow and arrow or whatever. They saw that. But that's not the thing that's supposed to dictate to us. The thing that's supposed to dictate to us is that we not only see the enemy, the enemy is real. Forget about name it and claim it and all that kind of stuff. That's a real enemy. That enemy really wants to kill you. That enemy is really coming after you. That enemy is really uh, causing people to go off the rails around you and killing people around you. 
But yet you have to not only see the enemy, but you have to see God. Because when we see God, when we get out of the natural realm and get into the spiritual realm, oh, now I see that I'm not in this thing. It's not just God is the one who's controlling this. It's not just happenstance, but God is controlling this and God uses people. You understand what I'm saying? You know, everybody is not out to get you, but they but God will position people in our lives in a strategic place to do a special thing so that we might win a battle. God will position people in your life, in my life, strategically place them so that we so that they can do a special thing so that we can win a battle so that we can win against Amalek. Everybody doesn't like you, but everybody sure doesn't hate you. You see, and God has somebody that he has already picked out to, to lead. All right. So here they were. They were they came out of Egypt out of they got away from one enemy. Now they have to deal with another enemy. But the, 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 the struggle goes way, way back before they were even born between two brothers named Jacob and Esau. And how many know that some things go way back? The reason why you're fighting some battles today goes way back before you were even born. The reason why you're in some struggles today goes way back before you were even thought of. Did you hear what I said? It goes back uh, many, many generations, you know, and that's why I say, is it possible? Is it possible that the decisions of our forefathers or for parents affected and continues to affect the direction, the steering, and the compass of a given family or nation of people. Some things, let me tell you, they go back so far, way, way back, way back. And one time I remember there in the Bible that the man was born blind and, you know, that was an enemy to him because he couldn't see. And the people asked, did this man sin or did his parents sin? But the good part about it, God said, I'm going to deal with Amalek. I'm going to slay Amalek. Now, there were uh, other, uh, uh, you know, Amalekites in the Bible, but also... Uh, let me share this with you before we go. Sometimes I'm meditating on more than one thing and kind of get caught up in a thought. Amen. So Amalek was Esau's grandson. And Esau's son was named Eliphaz. And Eliphaz's wife was named Adah, which was one of the Canaanites. And her father was named Elon, which was a Hittite. So all of these people were, you know, kind of mingled together. It, it's all in the family, in other words. You know, it's just like Jacob and Esau, you know, and then you have the Edomites and then you have the Hittites and then you have the Amalekites. That's all Esau's family. And then on, on Jacob's side, you have, you know, the uh, the Israelites, that's Jacob's side of the family. But nevertheless, they were brothers. And so the people who were dealing with different conflicts in this situation were two brothers, children. 
the Amalekites, the Hittites, the Edomites, and then the Israelites, they were two brothers' children. But if you look at the prophetic footprint, it says that uh, um, that the, the older shall serve the younger. By right, naturally, in the Hebrew culture, the oldest one was the one who got the blessing. The oldest one was the one who got the birthright. And the birthright was he got what his father had, you know, and Jesus was the firstborn amongst many brethren. He said, all that my father has is delivered unto me. And so the firstborn is the one who gets the birthright. But in this case, Esau was careless. He was fleshy with the birthright. And he said, I really, what is this thing to me? What is the birthright to me? We read about that earlier, you see. But when we get in the flesh, then we will misuse spiritual things. Did you hear what I said? God has given us all kinds of spiritual gifts. He's given us the gift of prophecy. He's given us the gift of tongues. He's given us the gift of interpretation. He's given us so many things. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. But another thing that the word Esau means in its root, it means one who handles roughly. One who handles something rough. You see, and when we're in the flesh, we have to learn not to give in to our to into our fleshly appetites. And we have to learn that the spiritual things take precedence over the natural things. Esau was hungry. OK, you were hungry, but don't misuse your birthright. And afterwards, then that's how it is. You know, we think that we want something so bad. It's, it's fleshy or whatever. It's in the flesh, whether it's fornication, whether it's sleeping with somebody, whether it's adultery, whatever it may be, or, or, or whatever. And then what about when it's all over with? Now we're, so, we're sorry we did it. Then we say, oh, that wasn't really worth what I thought it was worth. But what price are we willing to pay? Are we willing to lose out with God to have a momentary, like the book of Hebrews says, that sin, the passing pleasures of sin? We have to learn to govern ourselves. We have to learn to be in control of ourselves. We talked about that before, about the fruit of the spirit. And one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. Because we're in a battle. And many times the reason why we're in these uh, different types of battles is because somebody blew it. Somewhere way back. Somebody blew it. Let me read you. I uh, only have a few more minutes. I just want to share this scripture with you. On why there's so many battles that we have to fight. Well, we don't have to fight them, but we do. Uh, in James chapter 4, it says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust, that war in your members? Ye lust and have not ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain ye fight and war yet ye have not because ye ask not ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lust we have to be careful how we handle the word the things of god because it will cause problems not only for us but for uh, generations after us now remember that uh, i have a website it's chocolate commerce Dot com. I'm sorry, chocolatecommerce.business. Chocolatecommerce.business. Once more, that's chocolatecommerce.business. Also, if you want to email me, it's revkevandtheroot2020 at gmail.com. Revkevandtheroot2020 at gmail.com.
www.thepurposeofgiving.com. And if you'd like to give to this ministry, there is an official page where you can donate on the website uh, through PayPal to the ministry. And also, if you want to buy literature, contact me and let me know what you're looking for. And uh, and there's a, a, a page on the website also where you can make uh, a purchase, where there's a, a subscription page. Um, and, you know, I'm not trying to get rich off of anybody. I'm not trying to, if you want to give a dollar a month, five dollars a month, what have you. That way I can buy some other uh, podcasting equipment. Not only that, I can live. Not only that, I can take care of some other people and help some homeless people. And, and one day I hope to build some shelters for some people that's out on the street. It is a shame that we live in America, but yet we have homeless people. It is a shame that we live in America, but we have hungry children. It is a shame that we live in America, the land of plenty, that many are striving and crossing borders to come to, but yet we're not taking care of our own people. I don't think that's right. But however, you pray about it. If God doesn't lead you to do anything, don't do it. But if he does, then contact me. Look at the website. And also, uh, I would like to, uh, you know, put together some 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 uh, workbooks and things like that so that we can study together if you want to. But if you don't want to, thank you for listening to this podcast. I'm not here to play. I'm not here to toot my horn, I'm not here for my own glory, but I'm here for God. And one thing that I do know in my life, that God has a plan for my life. He has a plan for your life. And I know that I'm not put here for me, but I'm put here to help somebody before I leave here. So thank you for listening to Rev Kev and The Root. Amen. Where we get to The Root and not just the shoot. Join me next time where we'll go a little bit further into Exodus or Shemot chapter 18. Amen. God bless you. Father, I ask that you would bless your people. Keep your people, Lord God. And if they're not your people, that they would surrender their lives to Yeshua, to Jesus, and 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 and, and confess him as their Lord and Savior. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would line, help, Lord, just help people in this world to realize, Lord, that you are the one who is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. It's not Joe Biden that's going to that's gonna lead us to the promised land, but it's you that's going to lead us to the promised land. It's not Joe Biden that can heal our bodies, but it's you. And not to put Joe Biden down, Lord, but he's a man. He can only do so much. But it's you, Lord, that we need to trust. And it's you that we need to surrender our lives to. It's you that we need to live for. And Father, I do pray for uh, President Biden. I pray for Kamala Harris, Lord God, that you would cause them to know you, not just know about you, but to know you and to and to govern and to rule, Lord, according to your will, according to your word. And Father, that they would be people of stature, Lord, and, and God, because they surrendered to you. So, Father, I ask that you would be with your people, Lord, in the name of Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. Amen.